0: Welcome to CryptoCast by Gunnar Cook, the leading industry podcast that brings together expert guests to discuss hot topics and useful advice for blockchain and cryptocurrency businesses. I am James Burney, and thank you for joining me today. Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Ali Khan, who's from AS Legal, a law firm focusing on onshore UAE law with rights for audience on onshore courts of the UAE. And increasing working in Web3 to assist the green Web3 ecosystem in the UAE.
1: Hi, Arlene. It's great to have you on. Thanks a lot, James. It's a pleasure to be on.
0: So, just kind of taking a step back to sort of set the scene, can you give us sort of indication as the sort of approach which has been taken in Dubai to regulating things like digital assets?
1: Well, uh, I think the ecosystem uh, or the wider market uh, generally has become aware of uh, vara the virtual asset regulatory authority um and of course that's been feted as you know this uh, grand move by the emirate of dubai in particular uh as a a way of showing that it truly means business when it comes to operating in a manner that provides a stable environment for people who want to work within the web3 ecosystem um, it comes off the back of, you know, of course, Dubai and the wider UAE itself uh, having worked very hard over a number of years to put to proof that it could be a jurisdiction of choice uh, to service uh, the emerging markets. You know, s- stats are like, for example, the fact that you're within, I think it's like four hours flight away from a third of the world's population or three hours flight away from a quarter of the world's population. I can't tell anymore. Of course, that's quite compelling. Um, And it does mean that, you know, there is now a city or indeed a a sort of a hub where one can find means to be able to operate with uh, various different players across uh, sub-Saharan Africa, uh, the Far East, and of course, Europe uh, and the West. Um, And so the UAE in particular and Dubai in particular saw that opportunity by really pushing on the idea of having a regulatory authority. Now, the way that they uh, approached uh, the development of this regulatory authority uh, was quite interesting. I mean, it's technology agnostic, uh and uh it is activity based uh and broadly what that means is that uh you'll receive your licenses one day uh the licensing regime is is coming we're promised it's coming into play fairly soon um but you're, you're you'll be able to apply for licenses based on the particular activities that you are undertaking uh the people that were behind making Vara happen, uh, did come from a background of quite a lot of uh, experience when it comes to developing uh, these ecosystems, right? Um, In that they understood that the most important part of this was to strike the right balance between um, surety, uh, in other words, you know, knowing where the land lies, uh, and flexibility in terms of being able to be adaptive and iterative uh, towards what is a very quickly changing marketplace. Um, what's what's very interesting, of course, is as well that a lot of the focus groups that developed uh, the, the the sort of the final lines of of the Vara regulations happened, of course, off the back of uh, FTX. You know, a few months ago. So it, in terms of timing, it actually came. Uh, you know, is one of many moments where uh, Dubai seems to have found uh, a, a very lucky you know, a streak in that uh, just as people were starting to understand the role of regulations in this space, VARA uh, managed to come out with uh, what is quite an interesting piece of work.
0: that's strange interesting. It's it's one of the interesting things when you see when you see new new types of regulations, sometimes they are focused towards certain parts of industry. Is there kind of a particular type of firm you're seeing move into Dubai to take advantage of this? Is there kind of a sort of a standard profile you, you tend to see when it comes to people want to move into the jurisdiction? <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. There's a number of, of course, larger players that have been, uh, you know, wooed to Dubai. You know, the big names that that we all know have have uh, got a presence of some sort uh in or around dubai um and that's you know that's specifically because you know otc desks or exchanges etc do provide that sort of central hub for the infrastructure of the wider scene on top of that we're finding some really interesting uh communities develop within Dubai. Um, Now, as an onshore UAE lawyer, uh, one of the things that uh, I, I have the benefit of noticing is not just what happens in the international business community, in Dubai but of course there's also you know a community of people that have been born there brought up there are from around the world but as third culture kids frankly have you know a very Dubai mindset and have grown up there and have stayed there they have built families there etc a large number of them have you know skin in this game as well uh and they're building some fascinating communities uh these you know there's 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 dows and collectives and such which um are more tangible so to speak than many other places that i've seen and that's partly because um you know there there was space for them in dubai uh you know there is this impression that dubai uh has uh you know uh, <laughs> it's it's quite a nascent uh, legal jurisdiction which is not necessarily fair you know there is there's a lot of very complex law there uh as an onshore lawyer, that means that we deal mostly with uh, parts of the law which deal with civil code, right? Uh, and then, of course, many people will know that within that jurisdiction of seven emirates, you also have these free zones. Um, in Within that ecosystem, you also have two uh, areas called the ADGM, the Abu Dhabi General Markets, that's sitting in the emirate of Abu Dhabi, and the DIFC, the Dubai International Finance Center. The, these two jurisdictions operate under common law, mostly um you know it's quite complex it'll take you know a long time to to spiel about exactly the nuances of how that works but there is therefore this interaction between the common law and then the onshore uae civil code now vara is an onshore uh, regulator, right? The DFSA, Dubai Financial Services Authority, they're based in the DIFC, and they are the regulator that most people think about when they think about Dubai or anything to do with the financial services, including uh, sort of tokenization in that sphere as well. Um, so the sort of firms that are moving to Dubai now are different to the sort of firms that were moving to the DIFC. In other words, you'd find a lot of sort of institutional players coming along and the first place they get wooed to is the DIFC, it's a common law jurisdiction, it's easy to work through. Increasingly now, you're finding some of the bigger firms in, I guess, our side of the world, in in the Web3 world, are moving, of all sizes actually, are moving to Dubai to take advantage of VARA. Uh, Now, the the interesting thing will be that, of course, at the moment, you know, a a lot of the sector is dominated by, as I mentioned, exchanges, OTCs, etc., but <clears throat> past that sort of ecosystem, you are getting now sort of interesting people doing things in the secondaries uh, markets of, of of NFTs and such, who are who are looking to operate in a licit way, but in an environment that understands what it is that they do, and that's what I find mostly in London is that a lot of people are attracted to dubai because it's just nice operating in an environment where people actually do more you know more often than not understand what it is that you're about they don't just think oh crypto oh web3 oh you're doing that thing which which seems a bit sneaky and weird um there's a genuine appetite their genuine appetite and understanding that this actually has additive value towards um you know towards their markets
0: It's very interesting sort of the the kind of the the sell which Dubai is bringing into the room and and the positive attraction there. Just for those sort of people who are are thinking about moving potentially into Dubai, are there kind of things that people and firms should think about if moving into the jurisdiction? What what should you be aware of if you're looking to move uh, operations across into Dubai?
1: Well, um, aside from the... know uh the the fact that one is working within the digital assets you know sphere uh one has to look at it from the perspective of moving there as one would before digital assets were um you know around um so for example uh the 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 laws are consistently and constantly changing but it's still the case that more often than not, uh, in order to be able to sort of live in Dubai, in other words, be able to rent a house or uh, be able to, you know, get an Emirates ID, etc., you need to get uh, a visa, right? Um, and then on top of that, uh, the sort of you know uh, way in the way in which uh, things work out there is, you need to uh, think about issuing a power of attorney. To lawyers to be able to act on your behalf. And that's something that a lot of people from a common law jurisdiction, such as, you know, England and Wales or, or Scotland or, or, or Canada, et cetera, uh, may not be fully aware of is, is the actual importance of a power of attorney. Um, these sort of things are important because you know, one isn't simply shifting over to Dubai and just doing what they did here there. One has to look at actually, you know, how to build a business with lives that work in that business out there, Uh, how to open a bank account out there, how to, you know, um, be able to ensure that you're operating within other laws that exist. Out there, uh, of which again, I reiterate, there are many laws in Dubai. I was I was having a conversation with somebody even last night who who came up with this wonderful idea that oh yeah we're thinking of going to Dubai. It's basically the desert. There's not a huge number of laws out there. It's free. Well, you know, it's 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 you're in for a bad time if you're going to go out there with that sort of impression. It's it's worthy of the respect of any jurisdiction that has had uh, you know a a number of different uh, influences within it internally develop. A jurisdiction that is quite sophisticated in many ways in terms of how its approach to uh, laws work. So, so it's really important to do your research. It's really important on a very commercial note to also have the right hands to hold when you're out there, because you know it, it is it is important to understand that uh, in Dubai in particular, around eighteen uh, percent, probably less now, probably about sixteen percent of the um population there are emirati nationals meaning that the rest of the population you have people from literally everywhere Uh, it's one of the things i love about dubai i can you know i can speak arabic out there i can speak urdu out there i can pretend to speak uh you know farsi or russian out there and if i really wanted to i'd learn um it's the sort of jurisdiction where you do have to be an international person uh that comes with the benefit of a lack of a lot of biases that often one sees, uh, you know, in home jurisdictions in the West, but often that also leads to a lot of problems in terms of, you know, how to be able to communicate in a manner which is. Um, conducive to the way business is done out there um and there are like any jurisdiction nuances in terms of how to do that Uh, and it does take experience to be able to navigate it properly and ensure that notwithstanding the, the the clever stuff that's coming out of vara and other regulatory bodies out there uh that the same old implications apply of going and setting up in a new part of the world um and, uh, and, and, you know, of course, that's one of the things we provide as a service, but it's also something which um, can be provided without a service. It just requires, you know, networking. And that's the, other, that's, the, that's the important thing about Dubai. It is super easy to network out there. People love speaking to each other. People love doing business with each other. People love interacting with each other. It is this extraordinary uh, space much like and you know like i often think of it sometimes and this might be unfair but i think of it like a college campus for adults where there's a high amount of energy uh there's a high amount of of sophisticated you know business people talking together and doing business together at a level which is incredibly exciting that's
0: been really interesting on Dubai. just kind of last just Touching on the Middle East more broadly, just because Dubai sometimes has launched party tales from the Middle East. Can you sort of play with the sort of approach we're seeing to digital assets more generally in the Middle East?
1: Yeah, and it's and that's a really important point. Um, you know, Dubai does hog a lot of the limelight uh, of the wider region. Um, you know, before uh, there was Dubai, there was Bahrain, and in you know a large number of the of the organic. Uh firms that have come out of the Middle East in the MENA space started within the Bahrain sandbox, right? And the, the sandbox in Manama. Um uh, and the and the the you know the, the central bank there had taken a pretty nuanced approach and is actually quite popular across the DeFi community in terms of their capacity to, to work intelligently with um various actors in the space. Um on top of that as well uh saudi of course uh, you know ev- everyone's noticed that saudi's really burgeoning and 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 trying to show that it too has a role to play in this space uh you know a number of increasingly a number of transactions are happening uh you know within the DeFi ecosystem uh in saudi they're they're not quite they're not uh they haven't got the same regulatory approach as somewhere like dubai does at the moment which you know well, to dubai's benefit it is really positioning itself as that um but, you know, within the next, I'd say, you know, 18 months, uh, Saudi will definitely be uh, a place where um, you'll definitely be, be, they will try to attract a huge number of players out there to come. Aside from that, and aside from the, the, the sort of larger and the institutional side of things, one must remember that the role that digital assets in general have played in parts of the middle east at a very grand level is fundamentally important um whether that was during the great crash uh in lebanon that happened and is continuously happening uh you know uh, over the last few years uh people who were frankly sort of middle-class professionals found that digital assets were the way to be able to you know maintain some of their wealth in a manner where they could actually get get stuff in and out of Lebanon right Um, it was either that or or trade in secondhand cars right um and then on top of that you know there are a number of young uh exciting companies emerging out of places like Cairo and Tunis and across the wider Mina or Swana region um which, which fundamentally shows the appetite, I think, of uh, the younger generation in the Arab world to override and undercut a lot of the issues, which I don't think anyone should be a stranger to, that that part of the world has had to see over the last few years. So it is, in many ways, a fascinating test case of how you can see real-time a society adapting and changing and benefiting from the brilliance of the underlying technology that, uh, you know, this stuff can provide. Um, And in many ways, the journeys there are different to the journeys of those of us who who sit in in London um, or in the the West in general, in that our journey over here is adapting the institutions we have to understand this technology, if it can be done. Whereas the journey over there is very much a case of saying, okay, well, we actually have, you know, uh, we have a real interest in really engaging with this technology because on a very sort of elemental level it can and is making our lives it it can make our lives better and it is making our lives better um so yeah uh, you know i i would i would suggest for those who are interested in the middle east dubai of course is a sort of you know great place to start off from but sooner rather than later you will notice that there are some really interesting spaces to go from there into, um, such as uh, Cairo, maybe even one day, fingers crossed, Beirut uh, once again.
0: Thank you, Ali. That's been really fascinating. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. If anyone listening would like to reach out to Ali directly, his email address is Ali, A-L-I dot com, at aslegal. ae, right, it's been fantastic having you on. Thank you very much.
1: Absolute pleasure, James. Thank you. Thank you for
0: listening to CryptoCast by Gunner Cook. Cook is a market-leading law firm advising on blockchain, Web three, crypto assets, and DeFi. Our members have been heavily involved in helping to shape the legal and regulatory framework for blockchain and crypto assets. Our team works across multiple jurisdictions, including Germany and the U.S. We are the only U.K. law firm to officially accept payments in crypto. Our client base is more than 150. Before we go, if you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review on your podcast service and make sure you're funding Cook on social media and sign up to our Kitskos menu list on the Cook website. Thank you for listening.